it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Bunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Now your health's gone. You're wearing a mask. Is that a fact? Rona got you like that. You waited way too long. Wrong and strong. <laughs> Who was that? No, I'm, I'm, I was literally, that's why I was so focused. I was thinking. Now that she's is- gone, you want to come <clears throat> back. Is that a fact? You got it like that. No, I'm not going to embarrass myself today. <laughs> I'm actually not going to embarrass myself today. I genuinely don't know who this song is. It's bugging me. Destiny's Child. What song? From, it's from the Writings on the Wall album. Oh, re- what, what was, what was the actual name of the track? Now that she's gone. Oh. <laughs> See, that wasn't that wasn't one of my favorite albums to be honest. Destiny fulfilled. Destiny fulfilled was my my favorite album. So you preferred it when they were going, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite albums when Michelle did. Um, I'm through with love. I'm through mm. with it. You know that. You know What's that. What's that? That, that one. Verse. Destiny fulfilled. Was that Destiny fulfilled? Yeah. Okay. I've given so much in the past. I feel one. like we need to apologize to Michelle because she, when you do. go back with adult ears, when you go back and listen to what she contributed, she really brought a, a texture yeah. to the singing that was not there. Without a doubt, and I, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I took part in the whole. Sorry, Michelle. Poor Michelle. Poor Michelle thing. Yeah. yeah. Thank God you remember the poor <laughs> Michelle thing. And I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's the change of consciousness. But I look back and I'm like, we should have never. If you are a true Destiny's Child fan. Yeah. yeah. If you are a true Beyonce fan, you wouldn't make fun of Michelle. No. But- because she carried. And, and look, and when I look at that album as well, the Destiny Fulfilled album, one of my favorite songs catered to you. Yeah. She has the best verse on that song. Right. Hands down. Whenever she'd get the breaks before I used to laugh at the breaks and like here she comes with but actually her voice was solid and she brought a different energy like they needed that a different texture to to the to the songs that they didn't have she was she was she is she is a star I'm just it's just sad that you know it's after the fact yeah yeah. And she probably wouldn't even appreciate hearing it now because I just think of what she went through. People were making so many jokes about her. Maybe it's our fault she ended up with that racist guy. <laughs> oh yeah, the one. <laughs> no, but no, I think I think we drove her to that. We did. We drove. I think her. we are to blame for if, that. If her own skin folk weren't, yeah. weren't appreciating her, what do you expect her to do? Oh but god, apparently he was he was like a spicy white. Was he? Yeah, he was like a spicy white. He had a bit of spice. No, I don't know. I, 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 I tried to stay away from whatever that show was that she was doing because I was just like you were going to disgrace yourself yeah, she brought her price down with that but nah. she should have she, she she definitely deserved a lot more opportunities out of Destiny's Child and I think the whole idea of her being like a third wheel or whatever you call it yeah definitely contributed to her not getting any kind of work after that like do. everybody pales in comparison if you're next to Beyonce I think I remember that clip where um Kelly introduced herself as the second lead vocalist and Beyonce, <laughs> Beyonce looked at her like, <laughs> Beyonce was like second lead what? <laughs> no I, it, it takes I, I'm glad you said that because it takes a lot of strength you always have to think to yourself like 
the people who are behind or around the powerful people, what are their lives like? Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. what are, like as a Michelle, Beyonce could be the nicest person ever. But yeah. How do you remain unintimidated by Beyonce? Not jealous, not envious. I would how? love to talk to Kelly and Michelle about that. You know, questions. Kelly. They hate Beyonce questions though. Yeah, no, she'd never answer it, but she'd never answer it. And and I respect that. But it would be interesting when you're that close to somebody. You're great yourself. You're incredible mm-hmm. yourself. But we know that the way that society is being set up, you're not going to be seen in that same light right. um, as, as um, Beyonce. So how do you process that? Do you go to friendship therapy together where mm. you kind of talk about how... Is that a thing, friendship therapy? Anyone can go to therapy with anybody. I guess, so, yeah, I guess so, yeah. But I think that it would be cool if more friends went together if they really cared about their friendship. Ha! Had to have a little break there and now we're back because why? My cupcakes just got delivered by the indulgent sugar plum. Thank you, Nastasha. Um, no one got me a cake for my birthday. So, talking when, about when, friendship therapy, when, this is a wonderful time. Have we even introduced the podcast? <laughs> Let's just do that. Let's do that before we have a discussion about my birthday. Oh, welcome. I said, no one got you a cake for your birthday. I looked like... Um, <laughs> I, I was... I, <laughs> I, would just, I would just count the dessert we had at Chinatown, your, your cake. No, that counted. But um, yeah, it's me, Kalechi. And me, Sadiq, guys. I was waiting. Like, you maybe remember yourself. <laughs> and this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. So, yeah, back to the discussion. We were just talking there literally about um, friendship therapy and then the buzzer went and um, it was Nastasha, um, Nastasha delivering the cupcakes that I ordered for myself for my birthday. I told her that I wanted an autumnal theme and I'm going to post pictures on the um, Say Your Mind pod um, Twitter page and maybe on my actual Twitter as well because I'm trying not to interact with humans. But I'll post it so you can see what Nastasha's created. It is fucking incredible. It is out. It's just incredible. It's out of this world. Thank you so much. So it's the indulgent sugar plum. If all of you, that's the same person that made the baby shower cakes. If you were, if you saw those pictures as well, like her cakes are incredible. I love them. For me, it's about the actual cake. You know, like it's people can do icings, then they can do all sorts. But Nastasha always nails the actual cake. Like I enjoy the actual cake yeah. um, in and of itself. But why did I order? Well, I didn't get a cake for my birthday. This is an ongoing thing. Like I think people think because I don't like sweet things, I don't want a cake. Although I did have that sticky toffee thing at Chinatown. I love a sticky toffee pudding. I just think it's just too sweet. No, it's just really tasty. It's just too with yeah, just, ice cream on the side. Yeah, you you loved all of it. I think you just love Chinatown. Right? Just when it, I'm when it comes to dessert, I'm just like, oh, just just everything is just way too sweet. Everything or just is too much. What were you saying about the fucking? The, why is everyone doing the bombs? The chocolate bombs? Yeah, the chocolate bomb. Like they'll bring it. <laughs> They'll, they'll pour the hot chocolate over it and it's meant to be like wow I'm just like this is so sweet and look anyone that can sit through that like eat it all I'm just like that will just scare me no I couldn't I couldn't eat one of those that. chocolate bomb things I couldn't finish them I'd do it just for, to pl- like put it on the ground but I've done that so many times at Bob Bob Ricard now that I wouldn't bother doing yeah. it anymore but um, I've yeah. actually never seen you finish cake I don't finish cake I've just I, never seen you do you get so what I mean so but, but I think every, that that's every the year issue. when it comes around I'm just like cake nah yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, no, actually. I don't know what it is. I think it must be an inner child thing because I can't actually finish the cake. Like, I won't eat the icing. I'll mm. literally eat the cake yep. and that's it. Like, so Nastasha made these beautiful cakes. I know in my heart of hearts, I'll eat one. 
of this set. Yeah. I'll eat one and then that's it. But mm. I think it's just the thought that counts. I, should, I just want to see you, it. And you like the pictures, definitely. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm a red velvet cake sort of person. So if you get me a cake and it's not red velvet, then it's like an insult. <laughs> see, I mean? exactly. That's how, that's how it is with me. But just other than that, psh, I'm easy. Yeah. So, well, with my birthday, thank you for making it such a special evening it's and fine. for footing the bill because I ordered lots of things. Yeah, no, we really went all out. And we saw Edward and Four. Yeah. Now, I have to say that to see Edward Enifor and when he was leaving, he didn't stop at the table and go, oh my God, Kalechi, so lovely to see you. We need to talk about the September issue for 2021. Like, obviously you're the cover girl. I've just, every time I try to DM you, it's not going through, Wagwan. I thought that that would be, he just walked past in his mumu. He just walked, he just walked in his, in his uh, black mumu that he wore. He just sauntered just on. Yeah. Powerful people walking in and out of Chinatown. Yeah, powerful people seem to wear a lot of black. Yeah, I think that's what I'd like to manifest in my life. That's why, you know, I love black. Yeah. I, I live in black and grey. Mm. Like, I know I'm wearing a green hoodie now, but that's as much <laughs> colour as you're going to get from me ever. Yeah. Like, literally. So I like to manifest that. I, I do believe that a lot of powerful people wear black. Wasn't, you know, the um that movie, The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. You know, the, the head woman. Was it loosely based on Anna Wintour? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think they said that. And yeah. didn't she? Wasn't she always in black? Yeah, yeah. With that Wall fringe, Street. that's a wig, isn't it? That has to be a wig. That bob, that bob fringe that she always has with her big kind of Jackie O what, sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's it. That looks like a real hair. It looks quite weak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I never said that. I mean, oh, I mean. I mean, it looks natural. Right, yeah. yeah. But to me, I it, just... It weakens I, as you grow old. I just thought it looked... To me, I thought the opposite. I thought it would looked too full for her age. Do you think? Yeah. I, no, I think she's got... And like, head. would you have that same cut, that same haircut for all of these years? Nah, it suits her, man. If Anna Wintour tried to come with some neck, she just wouldn't be Anna Wintour. Yeah, true. Without, with a neck. With That's cut. why I think it's a wig. I think that underneath there, she's got one pink kind of hair going on pink 22 trump- inch going on. <laughs> peruvian yeah <laughs> i think donald trump is wearing a wig and it's actually so mad that uh, like the president of the united states wears a lace front and then he what he does he will wear different lace fronts and then he will like sweep the hair the bang <laughs> he will sweep the hair to the side and i just think like he doesn't you're not actually deep in like you're a bad b like you're actually a bad bitch like no, if if he wasn't such a terrible person, he's working with a lot. He's, fe- right. you know, he's tan that he's always got on. Yeah, he wears makeup. Yeah. Lace you know, front. always cinching the waist with those trousers and the suits <laughs> that he's wearing. <laughs> oh, Donald Trump. What the a evil, mess. The evil you have done in this world is enough. It's literally enough. You can oh. take a break. When they said he was ill, I was just like, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. He came back and he's very much talking about... I I was ill. I was ill, but I'm better from the disease, the Chinese disease, and will not let this Chinese disease. I'm gonna deal with them. I'm gonna deal with China. You can bet your money on yep. that. I'm gonna deal with China. I'm just like you. It killed me when he said that. Oh, he only has a little bit of the virus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. They, whatever the virus needs to take you, Donald Trump. I'm so sorry. I don't wish things like that, but it needs to take you out of here. How can you say you only have a little bit? Take him out, as of opposed her. to what the hundred percent. Can you imagine? And then to parade yourself in a car with people who have families. Yes. Yep. 
And that's why I think it might be one of the Secret Service people that end up taking him out. Oh, because they're out. just like, no, 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 we're not doing this with you. Even if it's not a case of we, we're not out here promoting that someone assassinates him at all. But if it, even if it's just the case of a young, you know what? He said he only got a little bit of that virus. Let's, let's make it a lot. Let's top it up. Let's top, please. <laughs> let's, <laughs> really strong let's top, top up. it up because he can't be doing what he's doing. But that's who the song was de- dedicated to. Because now that, you know, now that you're ill, you want to wear a mask. Mm. But before mm. you didn't have it like that. And then seeing him try and hold in his coughs is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> when I saw clips of that debate and Mike Pence had the fly on his head, yeah. I was just like, can you see you lot's life? Can you see how the angels are just not with it when it comes to the fuckery that you're doing? I feel sorry for Americans. Yeah. Black Americans, especially, of course. I feel I feel sorry for them. I mean, just to, to, just to, 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 to have that as an actual debate. Yeah. But the world is farcical. I think for mm. too long, we thought that these people knew what they were doing, but actually they're all just ridiculous and nobody Absolutely. really um, has a clue. Absolutely. And then sometimes, you even when you think of that, the lesser evil, the lesser evil is even a stupid bitch as well, Kamala um, Harris. Yeah. When she was like, oh, how her favourite rapper alive is Tupac. That's just so, that's offensive actually. But you were locking up people, you were mm. prosecuting people that were like him. So right. I don't understand. But everyone's just like, oh, well, we don't talk about that right now. Let's vote her in first and then we can hold her. her yeah, we can hold her accountable later. Are you managing to hold Trump accountable now? Is it possible? Is it possible? Oof. Just because someone hot combs their hair doesn't mean that they're going to listen to you or you've got any level grounding yeah. with them. And then sometimes some people are, so, the standard is so low. Like, it's in she, hell. She was, she was giving us a few eye rolls and a few like, neck twist and then we're all like oh Kamala's got attitude she said no she's not no she's not because put her in front of a, of a black woman who's about it yeah you would know who's, <laughs> who's got real sass she was not she's not sassy at all I just thought you're all stupid to be honest yeah and you're but... all playing up to the cameras and even even to think that Cam, uh, Cam, wasn't it Kamala that was against Biden at one point yeah now you guys are working together. Whoa. But they have to. This is the nature of politics. It's like, I was trying to get one over on you. I couldn't win. So now we've got to get together. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's how that, what, that's what they usually say. Crazy. And people still roll like that. Like everyday people really believe that if they're going to, if they go and make friends with people who also don't like you, that they make a stronger alliance, but you just all look stupid yeah. together. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mad time. It's an absolute, like really mad time. But saying that, let's then get into the tarot. I'm going to be talking later about our show sponsors. Um, We've got Lost Stock this week and We Are Wild. So be talking to you. And I'm so glad that some of you went to go and get the We Are Wild deodorant and you're living your best life. Um, I'm shuffling. It's a live shuffle this week, really, because I'm just like, what does spirit want us to know while all of these wild things are happening all around us because I know that some people are just losing faith and they're really really worried about what this means for um the winter because I'm hearing today that the government's saying and while the uh, British government's talking about well the the public is going to have to choose we can either you know give them money to look after themselves through lockdown or we you know put money into PPE we can't do both it's like what the fuck do you mean you can't do both that's literally your job like that's your fucking job do everything to do both wow but that's we knew we knew it was coming. We knew their fuckery was coming. Uh, what are these two? Oh, okay, nice. Okay, <clears throat> so what's the advice then? Don't close off your heart. Don't close off your heart. It's the first message in the tarot. Um, I say that because the first card that came out is the page of cups in reverse. 
everyone's feeling a bit tentative right now. They, everyone's feeling a bit raw, don't really know how to express themselves. And some, so many people have gone through so much pain this year in various regards, whether it's, um, noticing the deception of our governments or whether it's um, friendships um, or partnerships, relationships, things like that, or even workplace environments that have left you feeling like raw, people have really disrespected me and nobody needs to have access to my joy anymore. Nobody needs to have access to, you know, what I bring to the world anymore because nobody respects me. So I'm just going to stop collaborating. I'm going to stop going out um, more and wearing less and all of them things there. You're like, I'm just not going to interact with people. I'm not going to collaborate with people anymore. I say that because the next card is the three of pentacles in reverse. So it's literally like, I don't want to, um, I don't want to mingle anymore. Like everyone's shit. The world is shit. I, and I don't trust anybody anymore. And we're told, we're being told to not do that because at the end of the day, the next card that comes out is the Hierophant. But because I'm using the Lisa Stell Modern Witch Tarot deck and we see a woman in the place where we'd usually see a man, I think we're being reminded that divinity, um, feminine, you know, this, the divine feminine um, will always reign supreme. Like there, there will always be love like love will always be the creative force that keeps us all going and no matter what we see happening in the world right now that might make us feel disheartened and not want to carry on or um you know things might have happened that makes us trust people less and um and trust workplaces less or sometimes even trust ourselves less because it's like how could i make a decision to go and work in this place or how could i have made a decision to go and date this sort of person or be in a relationship with this sort of person or how could i not have left even after seeing all of the things that this person is doing the Hierophant is reminding us that trust that everything will work out as it should. As long as you stay open, you must keep your heart open because if you close your heart, then what really, what point is there really in living? The whole point of this, this experience that we are having in this kind of, you know, um, realm that we're in is to learn how in the face of every adversity to always keep our heart open because that's the only way you make it through any of this you know you're looking for the gateways to open in front of you in the physical form but you have to understand that the spiritual gateway is within you and if that's not open you're not going anywhere no matter how many physical doors you think are open to you you'll never really be able to cross over because you are closed off like you don't have it anymore and if you lose that spirit if you lose that spark, then what else do you have? You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the Balenciagas in the world. Don't know why I thought of that. Um, but it won't bring you peace. It won't bring you happiness because the very thing that you need to make this life worth it and open heart peace is what you do not have. So we have to keep that because that's what's going to help us overcome whatever kind of structures um, try to oppress us. And then the next card, the final card is the Knight of Pentacles, because progress is always, it feels like it's slow in coming, but don't think that it's not coming. Don't think it hasn't even arrived. The fact that so many people are waking up to all of the things that are happening in and around us, the fact that so many, so many of you fucking listen to this podcast, that makes me like when I feel down and I felt down in this kind of like my birthday week, when I think of just how many people listen to this podcast and how many emails I got on my actual birthday with people saying like, you know, your podcast changed my life. Like, I was going through a hard time. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to do that. And, 
your podcast changed that. That reminds me that I also should not close off my heart and think that all of the things, you know, I'm doing aren't worth it or I'm not being appreciated or um, celebrated in a way that I feel like I should be. Because the fact is the work is being done and it's not, um, sometimes it's about shifting our perspective. I never thought that I would be in a position where somebody that I don't, we're not close like that, but one of the um, people that I've met through listening to that, listen to this show, he put um, money, he put money in the PayPal, my PayPal as a gift for my birthday. And he was like, oh, I know you like your video games. And I wasn't sure if you already had Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, but just in case, like, here you go. The money that was put in just it, it, it far exceeds, far exceeds what that game costs. And I was absolutely floored by it. I was stunned to the point where I got a little bit shy. And I had to remember what I'd said in a previous reading that, when people want to give to you one, when people want to, you know, celebrate you in that way, you have to let them, you can't be like, oh, I don't deserve this and try to run away. Say thank you. And also that's another thing that gets me sometimes saying thank you with a heart or whatever is enough. I'm always like, oh, do I now need to write a thesis to let them know how grateful I am? Because I don't want to just say thank you. And that doesn't convey enough. Like what else do I need to say? Nah, fam, they know that you appreciate it. Chill, you know, and then seeing you know, like a music video, um, happy birthday being sung to me with straws made my absolute like day. I'm given those examples to say that there was, there were many things on my birthday that made me feel like, oh, people don't appreciate me. People don't listen to me, blah, blah, blah. Even with, I was even pissed off with the fact that the makeup artist came extremely late and I don't mind lateness if you're very transparent with me, how long you will be. But if you keep saying, I'll be there in 10 minutes, I'll be there in five minutes. And then we're going and then we're an hour and a bit over the time that was agreed, which is then making me late to dinner. Those things hurt my feelings. I'll still pay your money. Like I'll get, I gave the money over. But again, I'm always just like, do you think that, you know, I would expect someone to be like, you know what, actually it's your birthday. And this wasn't how everything was meant to be. I'm so sorry. You don't need to pay for that. Or, you know, you can give me less for that, but I'll always give you the money that you have told me. Same as the same thing I said about the wig. I'll always pay you what you ask. Cause I don't want anyone turning around and being like, Kelechi didn't pay me, but you also have to know how you were detrimental in me enjoying the one day of the year. That's my day, literally the one day. So those things made me feel really down. And then I went online to see that people were tagging me um, and DMing me bare shit like, oh, I can't wait for you to speak about this. I know that you're going to smoke them. I know that you're going to drag them. Are you a fucking idiot? Why are you sending me those things, especially on my birthday? Do I not deserve a break? And especially because I'm always like, you can send me these things to my inbox to sym at kelechiokafor.com, but you want to be lazy or you don't engage with my work enough to know, actually, this is where I need to send it to. And you'll DM it to me and all of that. So it just felt off. So I just took myself offline because I just thought I don't like the energy that I'm feeling within myself right now and the energy that I'm seeing around me. So that's the Knight of Pentacles energy for me. That's what it was reminding me of, not to close my heart off because the fact is if I just shifted my perspective and I wasn't looking at the ways in which I didn't feel like I was celebrated and looked at all the hundreds of people that celebrated me on my actual day, the fact that I got to spend uh, my actual, you know, birthday evening with you know, you, Sadiqa, you know, I, I get to be around the people that know me and, and, and love me and, you know, have a daytime with, you know, my family and things like that. 
it really does make it worth it. So no matter how bleak things look, please, please, please do not close off your heart because the, the change is here. It's, it, you, you will slowly start to see it um, manifest. Yeah. What do you think? It's good. It's always the realness. <laughs> always the realness. <laughs> Has anyone cried listening to um, the tarot reading? Then? Yeah. People cry. Yeah. I'm sure. What no, because, because no, there was one. Obviously, it it, it it differs, right? But there's always that one kind of reading that you kind of listen to, and that's always I don't know. It really speaks to the exact time that you're in. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure that for a lot of people, that that reading would have done the same thing. I already had my mom, my, my couple moments. <laughs> you're like, um, yeah. So you girls, you get yours. You do what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, I oh, I'm just. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I'm just going to pull a card from the spiritual seasoning deck to like tie it all in because I love this deck um, a lot. I think mummy took hers as well. Spiritual seasoning. How have you, um, what's the, what's the right thing? Do you, can you copyright that? Can you trademark what's, whatever it is? Can you, have you done that into spiritual seasoning? Because no, that's brilliant. You need to do that for spiritual seasoning. I've trademarked so many things. I feel a bit tired, but I shall. No, I no, shall. No. Trademark everything. Spiritual seasoning for the soul. Yes. Okay. Trademark, trademark that and a trademark spiritual seasoning. Okay. Just in case um, people try um, expose themselves and yeah. try to take it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are, people will do that. People are wild. Can you imagine um, Cardi B didn't even trademark WAP? I thought she had. No, she's trying to now. Can you imagine after all of that? Now she's trying to trademark it. Anyways, you can't be doing things after the fact. Look at that. The card that came out from the spiritual seasoning for the soul card uh, deck is the creator gave you the ability to create. Use it wisely. That just sums up everything that we've been speaking about. Like we have the power to create and miscreate. Like if you choose to focus on, oh, you know, these are all the ways that I'm lacking, then you'll only see more lack. But if you look at all of the ways that, well, where are the areas where I'm, my cup is, you know, running over if you focus on that you'll find that there are more areas where you where you get that and more of that comes to you whenever I have a reading or even do a reading for myself the main thing is always that energy of always keep that energy of gratitude no matter what's happening around you no matter how many people are trying you always keep that energy because that is what's bringing your blessings closer to you makes your makes it easier to find you if you think about vibrations and you think about vibrating higher blessings vibrate on a higher plane, right? So your blessings are likely to hit at a hit you the higher you vibrate because they're always there. They're always they don't come down. The blessings aren't going to come down to find you. So the higher you can get yourself, the more the easier it is for, um, for your blessings to actually get to you. That's how I see it. So yeah, that's the tarot for um, this week. Um, we'll jump to our first show sponsor. Like I said, big up this week's uh, show sponsors who are We Are Wild. Wild is a natural deodorant company that focuses on performance, sustainability and style. Utilising the power of nature, they've created an effective, long-lasting deodorant that is free of aluminium and parabens whilst also being cruelty-free and vegan. The stylish and reusable Wild applicator is made from durable aluminium and recycled plastic details to ensure it lasts for years, not months 
pumps. Meanwhile, their deodorant refills are 100% biodegradable, recyclable and plastic free, making it a world first design and raising the bar for sustainability. That's what I enjoy about it so much. I know that every time I run it across my armpits, not only am I not going to smell like a wayward individual, but I also know that I'm not affecting the um, environment in a way that I could be affecting the environment by using other products. So starting from £12 and with refills available on a flexible subscription for just £5 per refill, Wild offers five scintillating scents. You've got Coconut Dreams, Mint Fresh, Rose Blush, Bergamot Rituals and Orange Zest. There are also four case colours to choose from so you can truly customise your order. So I've got like the coral one. It's nice and orangey and, and metallic and it's beautiful. I really love the packaging. It's nice, right? Gorgeous. Yeah, I've got it by me now. It's just really gorgeous and it smells nice. And I love being wild. And the refillable um thing that you can cartridge in it yeah yeah that's like bamboo material i think it is they say but yeah that's biodegradable as well so yeah it's just fantastic um and to me you can i've tried so many different kind of like natural products and some of them have a just an interesting smell to me um so it's great to have a finally have a natural deodorant that actually works keeps you smelling fresh and dry after you know all of the ups and downs that you'll be doing in this boris's britain it's a fully sustainable design aluminium case for life plus biodegradable slash recyclable uh, deodorant refills and um, it's just a genius concept to reduce plastic in your everyday routines it's really convenient because the refills are designed to fit straight through your letterbox whenever you need them there's a flexible subscription option or you can purchase um, them as just one-offs so so aluminium, paraben and single use plastic free, as well as vegan and cruelty free, customizable orders. So you can choose your perfect case and your scent combination. It's eco-friendly and it's got all natural ingredients. None of the harsh chemicals you find in antiperspirants and it's made in the UK. And all of that is fantastic. But if it smelled like arse crack, there would be no point in talking about it. The fact of the matter is that it smells absolutely amazing. So it's just worth um, getting. So for the listeners of this podcast, for my baby girls, baby boys and baby non-binaries, you get an exclusive 20% off your first wild deodorant purchase on their website. So you go to wearewild.com. It's free shipping in the UK with 100% satisfaction guarantee. You can use the code STRAWS at checkout to get your 20% off your first order so go to go wild today and get yourself this natural refillable deodorant and that genuinely works you can order by going to wearewild.com and you'll get your 20 percent off and go and live your best life remember use the offer code straws to let them know that a baby girl sent you right let's get to share your magnificence right so today's letter the only letter actually is from danica see i pronounced that right um, I hope I did before you're just like, no, you've put the um, stresses in the wrong place. Anyway, it says here. Hi, uh, Kelechi. I hope you're well. My name is Danika, pronounced Danika. Lol. Welcome to say my um, you're welcome to say my name. If you read this out, I'm, there's no Bobby V around here. Yeah, I no, want to no. know. I want to know yeah. your name. <laughs> I like that. She definitely listens a lot. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> Firstly, uh, because I use sense and quickness, I managed to secure some cards. Thank you for creating them. They are divine. I was one of the customers that was sent to in error. So you and I had brief email correspondence on that email address. Thank you for bringing us this podcast. It's like nothing else and that it's 
And that's its exact beauty. I know I've never written in. I wanted to share some excellent work that one of my friends is doing. My friend Jordan has recently created a podcast called Not Your Typical Tea. The podcast is headed up by three black British Ghanaian women, my friend being one of the three. I love it because they are three Christian women and the podcast therefore talks about everyday issues, but also references their real relationship with God. And it's and at times includes scriptures. It's not judgy or self-righteous or anything like that. It even debunks the myth that being a Christian means you're boring. I know Jordan is an avid listener of your podcast. We went to your last live show when the world was open back in yesteryear. I'm super proud of the ladies for creating this and would encourage everyone to give it a listen. I've included some links below on Instagram. They're at not your typical T underscore. And they've got um, a YouTube if you type that in as well. And Spotify is the same thing. Can I add the deep belly laughs we listeners hear when Sadiq is on is so jokes. He adds a great dynamic and perspective to the show. Much love to him too. Music knowledge, eek, lol, but wit, but his wit slash banter, A1. <laughs> if you do read this out, thank you. All the best to you and yours always. Much love, Danika. Love you, Danika. <laughs> I see how you're just, just rubbish. I'm ruining yourself. myself. I know I'm, ru- I'm ruining myself. I know I've definitely ruined my name because the way I got dragged. And I think, you know, why the podcast sometimes is a bad and a good thing is that people can listen to any episode they like. Yes. So people are going to listen to old episodes and be horrified. I had someone who listened to the episode where I missed it, mistook um, Lynn Whitfield for Dorothy Danger. <laughs> The dragon was literally non-stop. But I feel like I'm go- I'm going to have that a lot where, I don't know, maybe one day in January I'm going to get dragged for it. <laughs> then I'm going to get dragged for it again in May because people are just discovering it at different times. But yeah, no, I was done. <laughs> it's nice to be appreciated, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, this is where you learn about the music. This is where you can no, finally... I know about music. It's oh. everybody else that needs to know about music. Ah, okay. You know, I feel like a lot of people lack spiritual foresight. Ah! I, I, do you get me? I know vibes. I know where <laughs> things are, like, were meant to be. I know who was meant to sing songs. Do you get me? I know... Do you know who was meant to sing Hit Me Baby one more time? Um, Candy Burris. <laughs> From Real Housewives. What are, you, what are you laughing? Did she write it? No. She was meant to sing it. No, it was meant to be MTLC. Was it? Yeah. Who actually wrote the song though? I I don't know. Maybe it was Candy Burris that wrote it. I don't think it was meant to go to Britney. You know, I was, if it wasn't Candy Burris, I would think maybe Christina Aguilera. To sing that? Yeah. Because you remember she did, I'm a genie. Yeah, but that's slow. That's slow. She can't be doing um, Hit Me Baby one more time. She would have had to dance. All I want is you, baby. Christina Aguilera. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, why she was dancing. And was she wearing Nike in those? There was some kind of brand that she was promoting. And I love that video. Actually, wasn't Hit Me Baby One More Time meant to go to Janet, Janet Jackson? Really? I don't know about that. I heard quite a few. There's actually quite a few rumours, but you should definitely check out and see who it... I think that they said that it was meant to go to... Oh, songwriters. It was not Candy Boris. It was Max Martin. But Candy Boris has written so many songs. Oh, like really, definitely. And you, her biggest hit was... um. Don't be tardy for the party. Whoa, whoa. I love that song. Is that hers? I swear that was... She wrote it for Kim. Kim's Dolce. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be tardy for the party. 
Oh, oh, oh. Real Housewives has given me so many great times. Mate. Those days were the good old days. Oh. The days of Kim, like when everything was still raw, 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 like Kim, Nini, um, Sheree. Yes. Those were my days. I remember my first introduction to it was that episode of Sheree where she's walked into that party and she's like, <laughs> coach check? check. There's no coach check. <laughs> It was, it was, it was just amazing How to see. How can you have a party with no coach? Honestly, it was amazing to see a rich black woman be such a snob yeah. and be so shocked. But I would be shocked. No, she said, she said, and, she, and then she expanded. She said, am I meant to just fling it on the sofa? <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at everyone like, are you guys mad? What am I meant to do with my coat? Really? Is right, it, I don't, I don't even know what material it was, but I understand that. She's like, you can't be having, you can't be having a whole ass mansion and then no not have check. Oh. that's what me but I'll never make that mistake joggers <laughs> <laughs> so it's called she by Sheree when can we expect it out when can we expect it out in stores um summer, <laughs> summer. <laughs> so what will the range consist of joggers <laughs> <laughs> oh my favorite scene oh my god do you see that scene where she's fighting with that party planner no <laughs> I can't remember no there's a scene where she and he's, he's like a, he's like a, he, I think he's like a gay guy I don't know is it that older guy and he's kind of older yeah and he wears contact lenses oh, no 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 that's her best friend oh no, no, that's okay. her best friend no, no. but this one she was fighting with the, the party planner and he was getting really I didn't like him at all he was but getting some... really aggressive really in his really in her face and I just thought no you might be gay but you're not a woman you don't you can't be so aggressive no but they get away with it I thought that was not nice at all that he like when I see when I watch a lot of those situations I just think oh is it because we're going oh you know this is a black man he's gay so he can you know really move in this way that if it was another uh, man that was moving in that way we'd be like oh come on mate that's yeah. that's a bit and wild he's, he's threatening that he said I'll beat your ass I was I was like wow yeah it's mad it's mad but, but it was entertaining show <laughs> I love that show and I don't know how it would be without Nini every season that they've tried to not have Nini I haven't felt it too much. But I think she says it's the end of the road with them now. Yeah, she's done too much go, coming and going. Yeah, yeah. She should just leave it. Yeah. Let let Kenya have it. Let let everyone see just how toxic Kenya is. That every time Nini comes on, it makes it harder to see just how toxic yeah, Kenya, Kenya truly is. Kenya is. Kenya's, Kenya's horrible. She's a horrible person. Kenya's horrible. And why I like her anyways is that not only is she beautiful, but when she's horrible, she's horrible with a smile. You were the first person to say to me, I remember I was crying years and years ago. This was when I was in my teens and you were like, oh, wow, you're so pretty when you cry. And that's when I thought, oh, this, this, this guy has a problem. <laughs> oh my God, I think I did tell you that. You did. You're like, you look, so, so when, when we do this shoot, can you just think about when you cry? Try to channel that. I was like, oh, I should, I should channel my angst into this situation. Oh, wow. If someone ever said that to me, I'll never open up to them again. So. <laughs> Big up, big up you. <laughs> wow. But talking of bigging up people, thank you, Danica, for writing in about Jordan. And, you know, I think that that's great to have a podcast that explores um, Christianity and explores it, you know, from various lenses. So I think that that's amazing. So Jordan, two slaps on your chest. And two slaps on your chest, Danica, for writing in. I appreciate you so, so much. Um, I'm going to check out the podcast. I definitely am. I love to see, um, I love checking out, you know, new podcasts that everyone's, um, you know, different people are working on. Because I think that it's important for us to have that, just that mix. Like, it's great to hear different humour. It's great to just be provoked in terms of my thinking in different ways. So, and have, yeah, I just love it. So well done to everybody, man. I I think it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful times. So 
Now I'm going to take you into an interview that I did with uh, Fox and Rob Rich, as well as Garrett Bradley. You might be like, who the fuck are you talking about? I don't know the words that you are saying. Fox and Rob Rich um, are the protagonists in a documentary that's going to come out on Amazon Prime in the UK on the 16th of October. And you can also see it at the London BFI Film Festival starting from the 9th of October. So it would have already started by the time you listen to this. Time is a documentary directed by Garrett Bradley. Um, She's an award-winning director and simply a baby girl. I I, and I know by watching time, you'll understand what I mean when I say that she's a baby girl. So the documentary focuses on the fact that in 1999, um, Rob Rich um, was sentenced to 60 years uh, in prison with no chance of parole. And Fox Rich, um, who's also known as Sybil, his wife, she was sentenced to three and a half years. But she was actually facing, I think, over 200 years um is what they, you know, the the maximum she could have gotten for the fact that they went and robbed a bank. So they, her and her husband attempted to rob a bank. um, And that's how they, you know, ended up in that situation. And it was just, why the whole thing is interesting is because our paths in life, we make decisions and they take us down a particular route, but it's in that route that we do our learning. So he was in prison, Fox, um, sorry, Rob Rich was in prison for 21 years while Fox was fighting after she got out to get him out. So she wow. served three and a half. And she ever since she came out, she'd been fighting to try to get him out. And, you know, they've got these children together wonderful boys they've got these wonderful sons together and she's raising them you know on the outside while still campaigning to get him free because they were going to offer him a plea deal so I think the plea deal was going to mean that he could serve up to I think it was a maximum of maybe um I don't know 18 years or something that's the maximum that he could serve And then he was considering this plea deal only for somebody else to come along, another attorney come along and go, oh, I think I can get you less than that. You don't have to serve that. I think I can get you less than that. Everything fucked up. The attorney didn't stay because they didn't have money to pay him. And so the case had to go to trial, no plea deal. And that meant that he, you know, um, Rob could face up to get up to 300 years or whatever. So they sentenced him to 60 years in prison. Um, Nobody was hurt. It was a first time offence. You know, before that, the him and um, Fox had not done anything like that before. But they were just like, well, this is Louisiana, baby. This is what you're getting. And there was no chance of parole either. So it was through her campaigning, through Fox campaigning and doing all the things that she was doing to get her husband free. And that led to- On the basis of uh, what is it? Ineffective counsel? I don't even know what basis she used. I'll actually go and look into that. But it's, to me, it's just absolutely, it's absolutely wild, just the different ways that they are treated and, you know, black Americans are treated in America and the the different ways that the criminal justice system is used so criminally against them, like... It's it's heartbreaking. So I didn't get long to speak with them. I had so many questions. You lot know me. I came with all of the questions. I had so many wonderful questions to ask them, especially since, um, you know, I was reached out to like, oh, would you like to talk with them? And I thought, oh, yeah, OK, cool. And then by the time it came to, you know, getting the time slot sort- sorted, I only had five minutes with 
Fox and Rob and then five minutes with Garrett Bradley, the director. So I had to choose like the most pertinent questions and kind of go with them. And I'm so blessed that the answer that Fox Rich gave to one of my questions was absolutely mind blowing. And I just, yeah, I'm going to, well, you're going to listen to it now anyway. You're going to listen to it now and you can let me know what you think. But definitely do check out the documentary. It is stunning. It is fucking stunning. And I, you know me, I'm not going to lead you down any wayward route. If I don't like something and I somehow have to talk about it on this show, you you know the ways that I talk about things that I didn't particularly enjoy. I'll just call them beautiful gowns. So, um... <laughs> But, you know, no, this is absolutely incredible and it deserves for all of us to watch it and to see growth and to see grace and to see what it means in life to kind of make decisions that we would otherwise not have made based on the situations that we found ourselves. But through those situations, we've grown and we've, you know, we've learned from it. So, yeah, I'll cut to the interview now and I hope you enjoy. This is exactly the kind of thing that I love to talk about Um looking at social justice, looking at the way that we can creatively have these conversations about social justice and everything else. And what I think that you've created with time is incredible. And I just wanted to ask you, um, first off, just the manner in which the story is told isn't linear. And sometimes I think that healing and justice also isn't linear. Was this something that you actively, you know, wanted to portray to us as the audience? Mm. Yeah, thank you for that. I, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think that um, I'm so much of uh, who we are as human beings is made up of things from our past that that bring us to this current moment, you know, even if the past is five minutes ago, you know. Um, And so when you're working in sort of two dimensional space, when you're working in filmmaking, you have the challenge of trying to sort of show the totality of a person, the totality and holistic nature of one's experience and one's history, one frame at a time on one screen and and that is sort of the inherent challenge and so i think for us you know it was really important that we that the film focus on the effects of incarceration and come from a sort of human point of view but that it also be reflective um of what was so unique about the family which was this sort of mythology of love and i think the fact that the film is rooted so much in the human experience and rooted in love it allowed us then to play with time that wasn't rooted in sort of the logic of of a chronology yeah and i think that that's poetic in and of itself garrett because you know love can transcend time and that is what you showed us through this incredible incredible film and then I thought about you as the creative and the fact that alone won awards and, you know, now time is, you know, winning these awards rightfully because it's incredible. What's your view on um, a career and a calling? Because to me, you've merged both. Wow. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, I don't, and actually just career to me, like gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit because I just can't imagine, um, you know, I mean, I I will say that I think that there's also the difference between, you know, a calling and then like your job. And I Mm -hmm. I, I talk to a lot of young people. I think that there, there's unfortunately sometimes this idea that like, you're not really a filmmaker or you're not really an artist unless that's the only thing you do. And I think that couldn't be further from the truth. I think I've always had many different jobs that are just random, you know, at a, working at a flower shop, like working at a clothing store, like 
Because there's a, there, not only do you need money and to survive in order to do your craft and facilitate your calling, but it also keeps you in the world. And I think that that's so crucial. Like, what are the stories that you're going to say if you're not in the world, if you don't have anything to say? So um, I try to balance all of those things. I think that that's really important. And But I couldn't say it better than you just did, honestly. <laughs> no, I, it, it struck me just the manner that you kind of uh, depicted all of this and the emotions that it evoked and I was just like nah this is a calling I don't know Garrett but this is what she yeah this is what she needs to be doing we need more of this and I know that you've got other um you know projects in the pipeline as well but uh, do you want to focus more on these kind of stories because we started with Alone and then we then you know met Fox and Rob are we going elsewhere have you discovered other people along the way um yeah yeah I have I mean I think I never really look for stories you know I mean I I really find myself in them um and then it's a it's a variety of different factors that ultimately determine if the work is going to happen or not and a lot of that just has to do with everyone's free will um and and where we all are in our in our own journeys in life so I try to keep it really open and and I I don't know uh really what's to come. I mean, it might be, or, or maybe not. I don't know. I think uh, the universe will, will certainly reveal that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, thank you so, so much. And I'm so excited for what the universe calls you to next, because this is incredible work. You're, you're really doing things that's shifting paradigms and to do it so creatively and so beautifully, it is something that I'm just simply in awe of. So thank you so much. Oh, you. Thank you. I feel the love. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you this is what I discuss. I love talking about race, racism from a black British woman's perspective and your story together absolutely uh, just overwhelmed me, enthralled me. And I just have to say a massive thank you for persevering on that journey. Both of you, thank you so, so much. Um, my question I wanted to start with is, um, I, I remember watching the film Fox and you talked about forgiveness when you met with the women that were in the bank that day and you know then they said to you have you spoken have you forgive have you spoken to your mother about forgiveness and I thought that that was really interesting but I wanted to ask the both of you Fox and Rob how was the journey of forgiving yourself in that process I am uh, on the phone on a collect call with Rob he has been sentenced to the 60 years and I am facing 297 years and I'm waiting to hear what my sentence is, what plea deal I'm going to be able to accept. And um, it's kind of clear at this point that I am going to prison. It's just a matter of how long. And Rob is on the other line. He says, baby, I realized what happened to us. And I was like, "Um, what? He says, we lost our confidence, Fox. You know, we made a bad decision, but it doesn't mean we're bad people. And if we're going to fight and we're going to win, we cannot lose our confidence. In order for us to get our confidence back, we got to forgive ourselves, baby. Yeah. I yeah. said, but, well, you sure is right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and, and it shows, it shows that the love that you had to have for yourself to see yourself through that process. And my other question was, um, I saw that, you know, there was a scene where we saw the pastor. You were with the pastor, uh, um, Fox. You were with the pastor. And then I saw you with um, a Santera priestess. 
a Yoruba priestess. Mm -hmm. A Yoruba priestess and Iyanifa. So I saw you with her and I just thought that was interesting. How did spirituality, how did you bring them together, you know, with Christianity and, you know, meeting with this Yoruba priestess? How did you both bring your spirituality together to be the kind of catalyst to get you through? Because 21 years is a long time. I would have tapped out. But you <laughs> kept going. I tried to when nobody let me. Where were you? There was no tap out button available. I look for it. But I think for me, it's because Rob and I, we're spiritual people. We were raised in spirit. And so um, not having a preference of one religion over the other, but an understanding that the religions are important. And, and definitely what we have learned from the um, Yoruba culture is so extremely important, the teachings. And so um, when you are, are fighting an evil as deeply entrenched as racism in this country that has built the mechanism of mass incarceration, the new slavery, um, then you got to call on all the powers uh, be in support and to get you through and get you over. That's the, this, this, this fight was so not physical. I couldn't, you know, it's like going to war with America. Who gonna win? Mm. I'm outgunned. So I got to take it outside of the physical plane and just tap into a higher power and of all of my ancestors and bring them forth in the spirit mm. world to move things that, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you, and you did. <laughs> You did. And I feel like my time is up with you both, but you did. You are warriors. And, right? I had all the questions, trust me. But no, like, thank you so much. Like, you are warriors and I salute you. And on your, you know, your journey as you go forward, may all of the ancestors remain with you. Thank you so, so much. Thank, thank you. you. Be blessed. Be safe. Thank you. So... That is the end of that interview. Um, as you see, like I said, Garrett Bradley is an absolute baby girl. Two slaps on your chest, Garrett Bradley, for the documentaries that you create that um, show us the the love and the experiences that black people have um, that's often overlooked and the way that you interweave it with beautiful imagery. I salute you. I think it's wonderful. Fox, Rich, I feel like she and I share an energy. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Because she was just like, oh, it's, is that it? That is when you know that a baby girl has rascal range. Do you get me? Yes. When the asking the right questions. Right. When the interviewee is just like, oh, you're done. I thought we were going to... I thought we were going to talk do some more because I when I tell you like the way that I structured this the way I had so much more to talk with them about I would like to do a longer interview because I've got questions that you know even the spirituality question who could fucking ever who could fucking dare like you have to have an understanding of these things and that's what made the interview so amazing for me and I'll say tell you something right on the day that I was meant to interview them, I was so exhausted. Like Lev is teething in a way that he hasn't been teething before. So he's just doing the most. So I have had very, very little sleep. It was the day after my birthday. I'm already feeling some type of way about absolutely everything. And I consider around midday, um, messaging the um, you know the organizers and being like you know what I can't do it today I I'm I'm just I can't then I had to think about my professional self and be like I've got to find a way to balance this out I've got to find a way to balance it and by this point I hadn't even sat down to watch the documentary yet because I had so much that was happening and then 
something in me was just like, no, sit down and watch the documentary and you will do that interview no matter what happens. And I watched the documentary and I was blown away. I was blown away when I finished watching, I... I felt a lightness and I felt a heaviness all at the same time. But I saw the warrior spirit that Fox Rich has to fight for her family in that way. Because when people have said to her, oh, you were fighting for your husband. She's like, don't you fucking ever. I wasn't fighting for a man. I wasn't fighting for my husband. I was fighting for my family because that is what's important to me. And you see that in her. So when I saw her in that scene with the Yoruba priestess and in the previous scene I seen her at church with you know the pastor I was just like this is interesting this is a bit of me because I can see her bringing these um, aspects of her life together they don't have to they're not mutually exclusive like you don't have to have them at odds with each other there's things that you need you know and you kind of find your way in this life with those things but I think one of the most important things that she said is that when you are fighting an evil like racism that is giving you this mechanism of mass incarceration you have to call on all of the spirit ritual powers because you were told in the bible already the battle that we fight is not of something that you can see with the eyes because you can't tell me that the governments that we have in place all around the world that is this is just banter ha 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 this is not banter this is something like if you don't go and put on your spiritual armor you'll get (laughs) fucked every which way Mm -hmm. and so when she said that i was just like oh gosh because you don't hear people talking like that without people looking at them like they're crazy so okay it's just nice for someone to say that and mean it yes <laughs> and like and for us to listen to it and be like yeah we know exactly what you mean right because the fact is her husband should have got they got, got given 60 years mm-hmm. he was meant to serve out those 60 years mm-hmm. and whatever she had to do she prayed like the warrior queen that she is she fought in every way that she could it wasn't just prayer 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 and then she sat back she was all she was campaigning she, she was lobbying she was doing everything doing all of these talks making sure that young women don't go and follow down her path there's a part in the uh, in the documentary where she says the person that you choose the man that you choose in your life is um the physical embodiment of the kind of way that masculinity plays out in you. Like the things that you value in yourself and the person that you choose, they are an embodiment of that, those values. And she says that when they made the choice to go and rob that bank because they were meant to open their own store and then the financing fell through and they were just like, oh, well, maybe we'll go and rob a bank. I thought that that was a bit extreme, but extreme times call for extreme measures, you know? So, you know, they went and then it didn't work. Thank God it didn't work because they wouldn't be where they are you know now and then she went to go and make amends because you traumatized people that day too there were people who were in that bank Mm -hmm. that will never forget that day that will never forget that day Mm -hmm. and so she went to them to ask for forgiveness and they said that's all well and good but have you asked your mother for forgiveness because that's also who you traumatized in this process Mm -hmm. as well who had to like look after your sons when you went away and you know she's having to live all of this out within this community and all sorts have you apologized to your mother Mm -hmm. and she said that she had to think about that and be like rah i mean i said to my mum sorry but i haven't said you know please will you forgive me or you know i haven't expressed that and then i was watching that thinking but have you also forgiven yourself Mm. and that's why i asked the question to them in that interview like have you have you gone through that and it looks like they have because and you could tell she felt that question she was like oh yeah so i mean i say all of that to say fox and rob rich two slaps on your chest for doing everything that you're doing and also two slaps on my chest because 
as much as some of you who have worked with me in the past um, and you have certain influences at Apple and all of these other places and um, podcasting places. So you try to miss my podcast out of mastheads and things like that and make sure that I'm not included in the lineup of things. What you need to understand is that, like I'm always saying, the battle that we're fighting in this earth is not a, it's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual one. And I know the ancestors that ride for me. So even if you think that in the shadows, you're stopping me from getting the shine that I deserve, it's you that the ancestors will do battles with. It's you <laughs> that spirit will continue to take things away from because you think you're taking things away from me. Those who listen to this podcast know that I'm the Ross Clark baddest when it comes to doing this stuff okay and lo and behold all these interviews are coming so you can miss me out of you know the little black lives matter little bits that they do on apple Podcasts. you can keep trying to get me out of these things and not favorite you know yes favorite black podcast miss me out and all of them things because the real people know the real p- people fucking know so keep doing your little petty shit because it's you that will have an itchy anus as long as you live because that interview just went to show you range. I had five minutes and I bodied, I bodied it. Yeah, cool. So <laughs> that's that for um, Share Your Magnificence. I'm just going to big up the second show sponsor who are Lost Stock. Be right back. So at the start of the coronavirus pandemic, leading brands and retailers cancelled orders for over $2 billion worth of completed clothes in countries like Bangladesh with no payment. This resulted in over 1.28 million garment workers losing their jobs and 928 million garments potentially ending up in a landfill. So imagine if you could buy those clothes at a discount, support the factories and the workers and save these goods from potentially ending up in a landfill in a process. This is exactly what lost stock.com allows you to do for as little as 35 pounds you can buy a box of at least three items from these cancelled lines directly from the factory in a twist on normal shopping the contents of your box are a complete mystery uh, with you being able to select some style preferences such as your size age and preferred color scheme but most importantly for every box bought lost stock provides a week's worth of support to a bangladeshi family through their ngo partner uh, the sajida foundation when the company launched in May, they had a target to sell 10,000 boxes in the first month and 50,000 by the end of the year. After four months, they've now sold 116,000 boxes. That means they've generated 116,000 weeks worth of support for families impacted by this horrible situation and saved nearly 400,000 pieces of clothing from landfill. The products in each box were cancelled by brands due to COVID-19. So far, boxes um, have featured products from over 25 different brands. Delivery is six to eight weeks due to the pandemic and its impact on supply chains. For every box bought, you support a family for a week with um, the NGO Sajida Foundation in Bangladesh. Without this intervention, there was um, a very real chance that a lot of these clothing uh, clothing lines, like I said, or these clothing products would end up in a landfill. It's founded in Edinburgh, Scotland. The campaign has been um, covered by publications like the BBC, Forbes, Glamour, and of course, Say Your Mind. Eh. Delivered to the UK, um, Ireland, US, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, France, and Spain. But you can register your interest for other countries as well. 
And you can see some of the examples of the products and how people have styled them in the Your Looks section of LostStock.com. So spring, summer for men and women is £35. Autumn, winter boxes for both men and women is £41. And Lost Stock for kids is £35. And each box features a minimum of three pieces for adults and five for kids. So head to LostStock.com. That's L-O-S-T-S-T-O-C-K.com slash straws to do some good and buy a box of clothes and support a family at the same time. That's loststock.com forward slash straws. Go and help some people out and buy some things. Okay, cool. All right, let's get to So You Mad. So for the first So You Mad this week, I mean, it could have easily been straw of the week is this pure gym in Luton slash Dunstable who came up with a workout called 12 Years Um. 12, 12 years of slave is that after the epic movie they said so they're pure gym was a in case you don't know and you're not in the uk they're these 24-hour gyms that you can go to and pure gym is one of them um they posted we're having our black history month over here in the uk in october they've posted um on their facebook page um this pure gym uh, because you couldn't they're franchises you're right so this one is luton and dunstable it says entitled 12 years of slave after the epic movie this is our workout of the month designed by matt simp pt to celebrate black history month slavery was hard and so is this the twist (laughs) (laughs) the part that got me Oh God! <laughs> Slavery was hard, and so is this. Ooh. The twist to this one, to the twist to this is one rep of your first exercise, two of the second. But before you move to the third exercise, which is also three reps, you must start at the beginning and um, to move on, and that's how the entire workout goes. Mm. Well, I can tell you what my thought process was when I first <laughs> came across this. I said, I need to know if this PT is black or white. Yep. I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. Did some quick investigations. He was black. There wasn't really like a sigh of relief, (laughs) but there was that kind of feeling of like, okay, so at least this is an in-house vlogging. Is it? It's an in-house vlogging because you look at it and you kind of think to yourself, what in your brain told you that that was okay? He lives in Luton. So that you didn't everything. I don't know much about Luton to be honest. I don't but know. To me, I feel like rise, it? yeah, I feel like it explains a lot. Like when you live in Luton, I this what, is what I would. You come I, up I mean, twelve years of slave because you knew you couldn't call it twelve years a slave. Yeah, so you call it twelve twelve years of slave, and then you compared it to what the slaves had to deal with every day. Do you know a four hundred year genocide? Right. Aside from that, would you do a Holocaust workout? Never. Right. But we let's do 12 years of slave. Yes. And that brings me to my point of how I kind of feel like, you know, people kind of make light of slavery times a bit too much in a but way. They kind of be- make these jokes of, oh, I'm not my ancestor and all of this. Don't be disrespectful. Don't be. Don't, Don't be whale. Disrespectful. <laughs> Don't be disrespectful. Like these, it's like they don't get, I think if you truly read, you know, about slavery times and if you you truly did your research, you would never be able to do that. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So you can only kind of make those workouts when you have a very surface level understanding 
of slavery and all of those times because that is I did not laugh one bit when I saw I that. thought it was disgusting and to me it just comes back to the things that's allowed because of a global anti-blackness that's like prevalent everywhere it's like you wouldn't say you know the concentration camps were hard so here is my workout that you have to do there are certain things that you know you are not allowed to do that you know that is absolutely disgusting and we should never ever disrespect you know those moments those those times in our history in our collective histories but for some reason when it comes to slavery when it comes to transatlantic slavery uh, when it comes to colonization for some reason it seems to be like oh no this one you know we can make like of this one i don't i i'm disappointed and and knowing that i would have actually preferred if it was a white person no no but i'm sorry i disagree with you there no 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 because there would have just been too much there would have been too much thought in it that it would have just it would have just i would have not been able to i would have not been able i wouldn't have been able to sleep if it was a white person i would have preferred if it was a white person because i'd be like oh but i expected you to be a dickhead and now you've shown yourself to be a dickhead so when i run you when i cuss you out now i feel just nothing i feel nowhere i will drag you up and down because you're a fucking prick but when it's another black person i'm so disappointed because you have been in a space where you could have impacted other people's learning but because you lack learning yourself what you've done is created this fuckery and so other people will be like oh um but what's the issue because matt 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 came up with yeah Yeah, matt Matt came up with with yeah i i I think that i think pure jim if i was really i think pure jim oh the sigh of relief yeah when they found that he was black yeah oh they were like it's your it's you lots come and take your boy just literally and they didn't even and that's probably why it hasn't become a thing he can't date black girls and do such i doubt it and this is you know this is some of the things that i just think about like not to say that um black women in interracial relationships aren't mad because there are many mad people Mm -hmm. i definitely think that but i just i feel like black men in interracial relationships have a propensity for more madness (laughs) what do you mean from when from when they start dating white girls and they they feel like they need to relax their hair you know That there is something wrong. You I just, I just hate it wrong. when people call me like Ola Walla Balo. Like, <laughs> oh my God, Brian. I remember Brian. Oh my God. Oh, he must look back at those days and cringe. Brian and his blue contact lenses. Oh my God. And then he would kind of do his part, his hair and oh. it was horrible. And then, you know, his hairline was really bad. <laughs> because of the relaxer. Because of the relaxer, which was good. The relaxer punished that hairline. <laughs> Because it's not meant for you. It's not meant for you. It's what are you not, doing? It's not meant for you. And oh. like, you always find that black guys with, with white women are, they have that kind of madness because a lot of the time they're with that white woman out of a of, out of a, um, a, a dislike or a hate rather for black women. Yeah. So the madness is always going to, it's going to, it's always going to be there. It will always pop out. And it's like, you can do what you want. Just keep us out of your mouth and don't disgrace yourself. Like you don't need to go and relax your hair in that way. You don't need to do all of these things. Just present yourself like somebody that has sense. Please. But no, they will not. They will not. But I think I, I, I'm very sure that guy, ooh, he definitely learned his lesson about that 12 years of slave work. I think it was one of those things where, you know, a lot of personal trainers, a lot of fitness guys, sometimes fitness can really get into your brain where all you know, literally all you all you know, all you breathe, all you eat, all you, it's just fitness. So sometimes I think was, you just work that muscle, but you don't work your brain. Exactly that. And then this is what we're seeing now. Do you get I mean? I always say light-skinned men are born with personal training qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> It's literally always the light skin hench guys that will just, they just love our fitness too much to the point where you're making silly workouts. Oh, 
you are. From one light skin to another light skin, Ashley Banjo. Oh God. Britain isn't racist, but racism here is real. Water isn't wet, (laughs) but the soaking here is real. They twisted that boy's hands. I'm telling you. He, I, 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 I read that and I felt to myself, okay, I, he probably said something different and the writers didn't want to put that out there. So they twisted what he said. Mm-hmm. Because what, what he's actually saying, just if you just take out all the context, it doesn't make any sense. Right, yeah. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense whatsoever. And actually, you gave us that diversity performance. You told us that Britain was racist. Please. Yes. So don't, 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 don't renege. But, but did he? Because a lot of them love to talk about America. I noticed that a lot of mm. them, a lot of the, especially the biracial guys that suddenly are woke and mm. can see that black lives, oh, truly do matter. They're all so focused on America. Fam, I'm not, you are it's from here. You're focused here, yeah. here. What about the racism here? But the reason that you don't want to look close to home is because you're going to have to call out your mum. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to call out. <laughs> I'm really sorry. You're going no, to have shoot. to call out your mum and family and, members. Yes, and all of your other family members, and ask them why she calls you a nigger when she's upset with your father. Mm-hmm. You're going. To, there's <laughs> there's certain conversations that you're suddenly going to have to have, yeah. but it's easier to focus and just be like, oh, it's America's problem because we don't want to talk about it honestly as how it's happening over here. Um, yeah, I just I, I saw that headline and I thought, this surely this is clickbait, but then. This is one of those things I think that I'm always talking about. When you have such a proximity to whiteness, you can't, you don't really ever want to go the whole way and call and calling out everything as it is because you know the people that you'll be impacting if you really talk the things. So when we now look at all of the main talking heads and all the people that have all of the main spots on our TV, um, Alicia Dixon, Ashley Banjo, all of the people that you lot invite to come and talk on the news and, and be part of these panels, all of them are biracial mm-hmm. all of them mm-hmm. the world well, the majority of them are and why is that because they're more palatable why is that because of the, the whiteness that's in their family yes and their proximity of course yeah. yes and so that gives them the privilege to get you're like oh they won't move too mad and they surely they don't mm-hmm. they don't they can be they can be controlled a lot more definitely yes yes and he goes on to say um when they asked him firstly how have you been coping with what's been going on in the world in the past few months Ashley says I'm going to sound really pessimistic from the get-go I don't really enjoy overly optimistic attitudes I like realistic attitudes sprinkled with optimism optimism okay it sounds like an ice cream sundae that's how I approach things and so I feel this year I really got hit by the negative aspect of it at one point it was really tough we were locked down I didn't know where things were going I had a son in lockdown which was amazing but these past few months I've really started to see the incredible positives that have come out of this year and he talks about and actually this year for me on a personal level has just been really important to me for growth and perspective and I'm actually really grateful for it um they ask him how he is somewhere that deals well with solitude and isolation he talks a bit about that and I'm just like you know that's all great but I want to get to the Black Lives Matter piece. And they ask him about the Black Lives Matter performance. And he says, I can't reiterate enough how much I'm proud of, uh, proud of it. But the performance itself was supposed to be a roundup of everything that we felt in the year, a summary of the things that have affected us from lockdown to COVID to, you know, people standing out in the streets, clapping the incredible NHS at 8 p.m. on Thursdays. It was an idea of unity, the idea of hope. Um, 
it would be impossible to ignore how much the Black Lives Matter movement, the idea of racism coming to the forefront of global attention um, being present. It's here and it's right now. So in our summary of the year, it was impossible for me to not reflect upon it. But our performance has become somewhat of a symbol of race relations in this country. It became a debate in every newspaper and the mainstream press for two and a half weeks. I can't think of another performance that has caused that sort of uproar and conversation. We had no idea what was going to happen once we performed it. And I just think that that's a bit like, what do you mean? In Britain, you didn't know that that kind of performance was going to rub people up really? the wrong way. And it, well, it's weird that you also say that as well, because I looked at the performance and it wasn't even... In, oh, right. Know, so maybe that's what they were thinking that it's not, it's they not also out there. That they softened it down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um... He talks about the consultation process. He said that they trusted him to create what he was going to create. And um, when they turned up and re, um, re, uh, rehearsed, it was a bit of shock for everybody there. Everyone was like, wow, this is where you're going. But as much as it was a shock, I don't think people were had ever taken him aside and talked to him that, oh, this shouldn't go on. So it seemed like everybody was fine with it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um He says that what they asked him, what was the reaction from the judges? He said, Alicia was crying. Um... It got her from 30 seconds in. Amanda was crying. David was really sort of taken aback. What, David Williams, the one that was doing Little Britain? Yeah. He was, was taken aback, was he? Bubbles, wasn't he? Oh. Bubbles de Vere. Right. <laughs> so, so he was taken aback. Mm, interesting. Um, they were just overwhelmed, not just by the execution of what we did, but also how we told the story. Interesting to me. Um, and so the negative comments started and... Now it's like, okay, so surely you understand that people are racist. He said, I think if I sit here and call that unfair about people complaining, I have to call myself naive as well. I've been in the game long enough to understand that, you know, a story is a story. And for us to go on Britain's Got Talent and do that performance and receive 1,200 complaints overnight from an act that doesn't ever receive complaints or negativity, I understand why they run it. It's interesting, but it isn't, isn't it a shame that the way that, um, the way that people couldn't say, did you see that performance, whether it connects with you positively or negatively, this is something that summarises what happened to us all. Go and watch. I mean, it's never going to be the headline, but whatever. So you know that it's racist because you're just, this is what you're um, alluding to. But okay, fine. Um, Now, the most important question. Does this show a significant problem with British culture? Ashley says... I think a significant problem is an idea of perspective, right? I feel like to some people, there is a massively significant problem and to others, there is no problem. And it is that spectrum for me, that's the problem. You know, I can't pin it to one specific moment. The idea that there are some people who didn't even really know what that racism still exists. That's the problem for me. That's why it's the right stage. And that's why I'm so passionate about creating these performances. And I'm also really passionate about freedom of speech and about open conversation and opinion. I love this country. That's why I love living here. And that's one of the beautiful things about living here the fact that we can all speak our mind don't mention my podcast um but if the moment um if the moment i as an artist from a show like britain's got talent can't use my four minutes to say what i like and have it come from the heart and not even say it offensively but just say it honestly and artistically that's an issue um again they asked you a question and that's I don't, I, I don't know how you answered it, but I, I don't get it. I don't even get what he's saying. I don't get it. It's, it. To me, it's just a lot of that. You say, say it with your chest, but a lot of people, they won't. They won't say it with their chest. Um, 
they ask him if he's worried about his safety. He says mm, a little bit, but not really. Um, and it's this whole thing about, for me, what gets me about this interview is talking about everything being a debate. We can't debate human rights. Like, well, we, we do debate human rights, but we shouldn't be debating this stuff. It's not about Whether freedom Black of- Whether lives matter right, or not. Are you right. being serious? That's what gets me. Like, I, I just don't like those kind of phrase, that, that sort of phrasing like, yeah, we should all be free to just talk and, and say what we, you know, what we want to say. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. But whatever. So yeah, I looked at his stuff and I just thought, mm, I don't, I don't really know what to make of him. Um, what you said about when it comes to the to, to, to the biracial people, like you know, sometimes, I, I, and it comes down to how I feel about fancy people as well. I always feel like biracial people are a bit fancy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. be fancy. There is a problem, and that problem is big, bold, and nice and clear for you to see. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. So, so speak on it. I think that whole idea of oh, you, he, he sounds like someone that will say, oh, there's there's some good white people though. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, and I hate that phrase of oh, there's some good whites because that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, if there were some good whites, they they would have ended racism by now. So there's obviously not enough of them for us to not to stop talking about what's going on. Right. This is the question that gets me though. They said to him, "We have a prime minister who referred to black people as pickaninnies with watermelon smiles and Muslim women who wear burqas as looking like letterboxes. Do you think he's the right leader for this country?" Ashley says, such a big question. I think, (laughs) such a big question. I think the bigger question for me is who is the right leader? You know, I'd love to find that perfect person. And whether or not I think Boris is the right leader, it's so heavily tilted. You're basically asking me, what's your political stance? And do you think that this, think, um, and do you think, it's right to lead this person is right to lead this country that's exactly what you're asking me who did i vote for did i vote conservative no i didn't so arguably you could say that i didn't think at the time of voting boris was the right person to lead the country do i think that boris has done some things right yeah do i think he's done some things wrong yeah do i think he said outrageous um, outrageous things in the past absolutely what do i do Um, what do you do i'd love someone to present me with the perfect candidate i haven't seen him yet you, you just perfect. literally talked about fence sitting and this that was it that was literally <laughs> it because it, it pisses me off because you're basically positing the idea that you need to be perfect no that the idea of you to not be perfect is to not be racist am i making sense what right right yeah like you do not need to be you do not need to be racist to not be perfect what am i really trying to say do you get what i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> yeah because but this is what i'm like i'm waiting for someone to present me with the perfect candidate what are you talking about has he said some um, horrible things in the past absolutely what do you mean horrible things we're talking about a it's fucking a racist thing we're talking about a racist system it's an actual system we're not talking about words everyone tries to reduce racism to just words we're talking about an actual thing what are you doing of course. what are you saying that's crazy uh, so yeah, I God, I don't, I don't know what to tell him. Actually, Banjo, and he's me- is he meant to be Nigerian, Banjo? Yeah. So his dad's Nigerian. Yeah. Mm. So it's a wayward people, but I mean, they try, they really try. And uh, how much can you really say in these publications at the end of the day before they come and put your words out there and people are yep. sending you hate mail? So That's I guess point. it is what it is. Um, Tory Lanez is being charged. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> That's all I have to say <laughs> about that. Ha ha. Because you, you thought, you really thought, he, you who? really, really, really thought. And then now you coming out with that album and coming out with all those songs now, it's not going to help you. No, Ooh. no, you've been charged and that is what and you deserve. And now you're facing 22 years. Good. 
22 yes good the for only you. thing though the only thing i have to quickly say on that is that you know i do feel like this has started to negatively affect meg's career like fair enough everyone's supporting her but just to have this story going on and on and on it's not good for but her. it was like rihanna and chris brown if you have the right team around you you'll quell what megan the stallion needs to do an interview with oprah winfrey Mm. It sounds really, really wild, but Rihanna did. And yeah, what you want to do, Rihanna, you just want to move yourself out of the Ras people. Even if you're still going to come out and wear your trousers that your bum hole, your your bum <laughs> cheeks are cut out of, like you can continue to do all of the things that you're doing. But what you need to do is shift the conversation, move it away from mm. Tory, and that's what Rihanna did. She swiftly moved the conversation away from Chris Brown and and focused it elsewhere because you're not going to again. It's how men will come and step stomp all over your career mm. in any which way possible. Um, it, and that's what we were going to see. It was going to overshadow what Rihanna was doing. So it was a quick, quick swerve and continue as she was doing. And I think that that's what Megan needs to do. She needs to go. I mean, she's done Saturday Night Live. She's done all of these things, but she needs to literally go where, yeah. where the, she, the most powerful black women voices down. are and move, move it away. Yeah. Just yeah. move it away. Live it up, not live it down. Move, leave that, but really push. Um, you know, I'm not her PR person, but I, that's what I would be doing. I, I would take her completely away from that conversation now. All of it's happening in the background, but you're not going to keep using my name yeah. to, to get those hits. We're not yeah. doing that. Um, so there's that, I think. Let's, um, I saw the um, the little piece about the um, these nonsense people in America saying that they're looking to really get involved with um, African politics or the um, upcoming elections in Africa, and I'm just like, but surely you should mind your business. And what, what, I mean, how many elections are happening in Africa? How can they just say upcoming elections in Africa? <laughs> I mean, because to them, Africa is a country. I'll, right. just, I'll just choose, you know, it's happening. That's it. Focus on your own elections. It Please. says here, US Department of State, um, Statement by Secretary Michael R. Pompeo, October 8th, 2020. The United States is committed to supporting free, fair, inclusive elections. The conduct of elections is important not only for Africans, but also for defenders of democracy around the world. We believe all sides should participate peacefully in the democratic process. Repression and intimidation have no place in democracies. The right to peaceful assembly and, and freedom of expression and association are at the heart of a functioning democracy. Adherence to these demo uh, democratic norms and to the rule of law allows all citizens to engage in political dialogue and support their choice of candidates, parties and platforms. We will watch closely the actions of individuals who interfere in the democratic process and will not hesitate to consider consequences, including visa restriction for those responsible for election related violence. As longtime partners to the nations of Africa, we care about the region's demo democratic tra uh, trajectory and are committed to working constructively with international and regional partners. Pompeo, go suck out your mother, you dickhead. Straight Lucky away. that it's not even that I didn't put you in straw of the week, you absolute fucking pricks. Have you, ha have you democratically ran elections in your own fucking country before you want to come and talk about Africa? Africa is a Ross Clark continent. You want to come and talk about, oh, well, we want to make sure that you run it and you adhere to the rules and whatever, whatever. What rules? <sighs> the speck of dust in my eyes, want to you, you want to come and observe with a plank of wood in yours. If you don't go sit the fuck down, Get Trump out. is your problem. That wasn't democratic how he came about. That wasn't democratic at all. But it's us, it's Africa that you want to come and talk about. And this is what gets me about the global West, um, America, Britain, or, you know, the UK as a whole, generally like Europe as a whole, they will look over somewhere else and be like, oh my God, I think they need some democracy. 
Mm, smells like oil over there. I think mm. they need some democracy. Let's go and give them some democracy in exchange for oil uh, or all of their, um, you know, their natural resources that we can go and sell and put into fancy phones and mm. gadgets. So you'll do all of that, but you're liars. Like, you're, what, what's your democracy doing for anybody? Have you practiced your own democracy that you want to go and give the rest of the world? These people are running out of burning houses <laughs> and trying to, apparently anyways, <laughs> trying to save a burning house across the street from him. It just doesn't make, like I always say, it doesn't make any sense. It's a matting. It's a matting. And I don't have any time for it whatsoever. So I read that and I just thought, just keep your nasty paws, your nasty claws off the African continent of elections. Africa. African elections, because we all just do it at the same time. And it's oh. just, oh, but... Anyway, let's get to straw of the week, which actually is a country in Africa known as Nigeria. <sighs> I don't know what to say. Mm-mm. Bahari, think- suck your mum. <laughs> suck your mum, Bahari. With the quickness, please. You trumped up travel blogger. Suck your mum. Imagine the effort tree of, of Nigerian governors, whatever you want to fucking call them, to wish Trump a quick and safe recovery but that's from the what coronavirus. They, that's what they love. If Bahari, you, if you die today, is Donald Trump <laughs> going to tweet about you? Um, really sorry to hear of the passing of, um, is it Buhari? Buhari, in President Buhari, Buhari in, in the Congo. He was a nice man, lovely man, really strong man, really dark man, very dark. <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. Yes, that's how he does it. <laughs> such, such an honor. Such an honor. Really dark man. Um, he died of an African disease from what I heard. I pray that the disease does not come over here. We are the strongest nature nation in the world um, but boo harry um very sorry for your loss of life mm. that's all that's literally <laughs> all he would get and then he, look at the state of nigeria look at look at how angry nigerian youths are yeah and you're you're tweeting about um donald trump having the coronavirus it's actually such a shame i think what's more disgusting about it is that you know last time i went to nigeria was that's what 15 years ago yeah you could be casually rolling around in your car Policeman will stop you for something that you've apparently done that's illegal. Yeah, I got stopped. It is totally normal. And we, we'd all make jokes about yeah. it. How, yeah, just don't worry. Just give the policeman a yeah, 5,000 Yeah, I had to give him money and I had to call my dad. I had to call my dad to be on the phone. And my dad was like, if you don't let my daughter go now, I'll come and flog you there. Right. And you give him 5,000 naira and they let you go about your way. You kind of think, we all kind of make jokes about it. Just like, yeah, it's just casual Nigeria. But when you actually deep it, it is the height of failure. Yes, yeah. Oh my God the absolute height of failure where you cannot trust the your police officers to do anything yeah yeah it's true it's true and to me it's just like we deserve better the young people of nigeria deserve better like even with the way that the economy is, even with the way everything is, we still manage to give the world so fucking much, whether it's music, whether it's this, whether it's our innovations technologically, whether it's our um, artistically, whatever, like we give the rest of the world so, so much. And all that you'd think that a great leader, a true leader of a country would do, looking at the, what the youth are doing for the reputation of this country globally would be to foster an environment for them where they could thrive. Instead, you've got your stupid special arms robbery fucking unit going around um, um, uh, attacking, beating, killing young people, especially young men who have tattoos, who give you dreadlocks, um, give you these looks. You're like, yeah, yeah, those are the ones that we're going to go and kill. Fam, they are targeting people with iPhones. 
laptops. They are targeting. It wasn't. It wasn't it. Genevieve Naji, who um, yes, her niece, yeah, was thirteen slapped, years old, thirteen year old yeah, niece, yeah. was slapped across the face because she was carrying her laptop. Yes, I just think that it's just it makes it actually makes me so angry, and it makes me so angry because it's like we're over here protesting about all the fuckeries that's going on in Britain. I mean, we also acknowledge the fact that places like Nigeria are still suffering from tertiary effects of colonialism. And, and you know, that, that's the very real, that's the very real kind of core of all of this. Well, yeah, which is the, which is the case. But, you know, with that, and I, I hate to be one of those, oh, black people, we all need to do better. Not, it's, not, it's not even about that. But even with those things happening, we have been intelligent enough, we have been wise and smart enough to know that actually we can, Instead of going down this path, instead of kind of following what the white man kind of gave us as an example, let's do this instead. But how if this is my whole thing and this is why when we were talking about celebrating Nigeria's 60th independence, independence from who and from what? Are you truly independent? No, the fuck you're not. Because from the moment when the British were leaving and they basically chose who they were going to put into government. They knew who to sustain. Yes, the puppets that they could still control. Has that really changed? Like even when you've had these drastic handing over of and powers for it to become a federal republic and all of these things that are happening you've done all of these things but we still come back to the same thing that everyone's working from a space of scarcity everyone's working from that internalized anti-blackness so you only enter into these positions to hoard as much as you can for your lineage and for your um your family and you don't give a fuck about anybody else the roads are a mad thing people can't even drive from certain areas from lagos to other areas without meeting like these manholes that can kill people like you're not caring about the roads you don't care about the um you know the irrigation systems you don't care about transport you don't care about providing food you don't even care about health care you don't care about um, jobs for the young people that are putting all this money into education but when your daughter is getting married you can buy iphone for everybody you can try and get beyonce in to come and sing and and that's why it just goes to show the the polarization in terms of like the poor and the rich in Nigeria is, is, is absolutely disgusting. And that is why there's the level of crime oh. because of the amount of poverty. But yes, instead of like dealing said, with the reason, the root of why the poverty exists, you're punishing the thieves. Yes. But, but there's only going to be more thieves if you don't address the dynamic that pr- produces them. them yes. Right. And then also you're now no longer even targeting the, so you know, the quote unquote thieves. You're just targeting the everybody. The normal people, yeah. the everyday people. Yes. Because that's what happens now. Because the thing is, is that, and this is when you kind of think about like the socialization of like, you know, the news, the media, everything. Like if the media tells you that a lot is happening, like, you know, there's a lot of robberies, there's a lot yeah. of this, and then you now create a unit to now defeat them. At one point, technically, you're going to defeat all the robbers, right? Yes, yeah. So when that happens now, what are you going to move on to? This is, and this is exactly what we're seeing, but this has been happening for years. Yes. It's been happening for way too long. It just, I think the only part of it that, and the only part of it that kind of made me realize that we are all kind of um, not as, how do I explain it? I think we're all kind of, what's the word that I'm looking for? When you're not as, when you're quite removed from something. Desensitized? Yes, we're all kind of, there we go. We're all kind of desensitized to it in a way because John Boyega went to go tweet. He goes, oh, um, we can't all be just be going to Nigeria every December to go and enjoy Banana Island yeah. and, and, and with all of this going on. And then someone made a great point. Someone said, John, you know, it's not Banana Island that we're all enjoying, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> Lekki. We're enjoying small, small Lekki. Yeah. yeah. 
It's you that's enjoying Banana <laughs> Island. So don't, like, you know, people, every, a lot, uh, everyone's more desensitized than they think they are. Yes. John's coming out and tweeting that. I'm sure he was definitely in the right place. I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm coming yeah. for him, but he's definitely in the right place. But it's also showing you that fam, Banana Island is actually all you see when yeah. you go nice. You're not actually deep in that fam. These people are suffering. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you about Banana Island. There is a gate, man. Yeah. There is a huge gate to enter Banana Island. Banana Island is exclusive. Yes. If you do not know somebody that has invited you to onto the island, you are not getting in. Yeah, yeah. So it's just the fact that he tweeted that so casually, like, oh yeah, we all go to Banana Island. Who's we all Who's go? Who's we? We all don't but, go to Banana but, but Island. But I think also that he was talking to his people then, because I know that Burner's getting dragged at the moment. Burner was getting African dragged, African yeah. giant is getting dragged. Yeah, he was getting dragged. And do you know what? He was getting dragged at first, rightly so, because he's so vocal. His music is so political now. Yeah. And he, he kind of calls himself the new Fela Kuti. And you know Fela Kuti was talking to things yeah, back yeah, in yeah. his day. So I totally get why he was getting dragged then. But at the end of the day... <sighs> What do you want, Bernard? What do we want Bernard Boy to do? But it's because not so much Boy what they want him to do. But it's like you said, like if you're if you are making a profit off this political stance, then this is the time to really, really to talk about to it. talk about it. But I didn't like when people were now coming for Oloni, being like, "Why haven't you said anything?" And I'm thinking, me that watches Oloni that talks about these things often. Oloni was doing a campaign just the other day that was she was trying to get you to help an initiative in Nigeria, but because you're so angry that she's telling you to to liberate yourself sexually, you're vexed with her, yeah. and then you're now using this situation to try to and come, come for her. her. Like, what do you want Oloni to do to go and hand out dildos? <laughs> actually understand leave alone you alone what does she what do they want the girl to, but do you do you know what i should i should actually something because i um, nigerians are frustrated yeah oh they are so angry and actually you know what if you're actually asking aloni to to weigh in on something like that things must be fucked up a bit no 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 Ensars, Ensars now. Things but, must be fucked but up. But I think that they do that because of how big and how influential Aloni is. But the thing is, I just didn't like it because it's one of those typical situations where Aloni has actually been doing a yeah, lot. No, and, and it's very clear, like out of, you know, sex education and things like that, she does a lot and she really tries to platform what's happening in Nigeria. But this one time that she wasn't on the internet jumping in right away to start speaking. Everyone so, else jumping out You're jumping, you're, you're trying to jump down her throat for fucking what? Move, move and give her space. And, and, and like that, she addressed it but you know people have a lot going on and wouldn't you prefer for somebody to learn first before they go ahead exactly and speak before coming out even cardi b my babes they tweeted her they said oh are you seeing what's going on in nigeria she said tell me and i'll go and research yes that's fine yes. you know i mean i to- i totally get that but you know with that said i'm still with my nigerians on this like you lot are frustrated you lot are angry like you've been frustrated and been angry for so many years now so i just i get it and i feel like everyone just needs to stay angry stay and I, angry yeah I was, I was a bit concerned with how graphic some of the videos um that i was seeing but you know what the video is graphic, but it is also somebody's reality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, I I, and as much as I don't like sharing trauma on a timeline and things know. like that, I think that we do need to really do see what's <laughs> happening in Nigeria to yeah. understand why people are calling out in this way. End SARS, end SARS now. Like this special armed robbery unit that's doing fuck all, but terrorizing young people, terrorizing people in and around Nigeria um, or just in, around, you know, in and of Nigeria, it needs to be disbanded. It needs to be just abolished. We don't need it. And I know governors have now spoken out like, oh, now we're going to do it. But you've been saying that for years. Let this be the year that we do not see sat again. We don't need to see Finish it. Finish that thing. Finish. Yes. People are suffering enough in so many different respects when it comes to Nigeria. They do not sauce. need... You want to add SARS, SARS on top? Huh. Have I seen 24-hour electricity? You want to fucking come in? SARS. 
Anyways, a quick update. I mean, today or maybe a few hours ago, um, they've tweeted that they've officially disbanded the SARS unit. Good. Because it was only 10,000 of them anyway. Was it really? Yeah, it was approximately only 10,000. The police force is 450,000 or something. And so they were only 10,000 and it took you that long to disband. Which is why they said 2%. Yeah, 10,000. Yeah, around that said they've disbanded them and you know like everything these things always take you always need to monitor it they, they take a while um my worry is, is that they're now going to be they're going to rename the unit they're going to rename the unit the but, same thing. but put SARS to the side people were protesting peacefully about even if it wasn't peaceful I don't give a fuck yeah people were protesting in Nigeria and you lot are shooting at them like you're shooting at the protesters, you're putting tear gas and all of these things. So you have money for tear gas. Huh. You have money for tear gas. You don't have money for free fucking education, but you have money for tear gas. God punish you, Buhari. Wow. God fucking punish you. You're a shit president. Absolutely. And all of the presidents, a lot of the presidents that come before you are bullshitters as well. Yes. A lot of the governors that you have in the country, all of you are thieves and you're vagabonds. Yes. On Nigeria's 60th year of independence, are we truly independent when all of you scavengers are eating from the carcass of British colonialism. We've had enough. We need a fresh, fresh start. We want to rise like a phoenix from the ashes. Mm-hmm. And for that to happen, some of you are going to need to get bun up along the way. Yes. And that's what we need. So you trumped up travel blogger, you can go using all of the country's money to go and get yourself all the health checks that you want and look after your family while the citizens of your country are struggling. And it's those citizens that make Nigeria so great. It is them. It is them that make Nigeria great. Not you, not your Agbadas and your little hats. It's not you, yeah? So let let the money go to the people who deserve it. That's what we want. Stop being greedy. Stop being nasty. Stop being Raz. <laughs> Don't be Raz. Don't be Raz. Don't be a Raz babe. No, Buhari is a Raz babe. That is the title, of, babe, the title of this episode. Buhari is a Raz, Raz babe. Yes. <laughs> Let's go with that. End SARS immediately. And if they, if you're coming out of articles now saying that you've truly disbanded them, let's not help him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not help him. For those who are not familiar with the word pim, it means let's not hear a, a sound. I don't want to hear a sound. I don't want to hear a pin drop. Huh. Right? that's it anyway for this week thank you all so much for listening it's been a pleasure having you here again i can't imagine what the podcast will be like when you go i don't say that are you starting your own podcast maybe maybe my residency will be coming to an end soon maybe by yeah we'll be coming to an end soon we'll agree on the end date and um yeah it will just it'll be weird it will be weird but we just have to see what's next for me might might come out on my own what will it be called yeah never know sads sad says Sad says, oh no, I don't think, I don't think I'll put my name in it. Mm. I'll make it something. Beard gang. <laughs> beard gang, no. God forbid, no. I'll no. think of something and it will be cool and I'll steal all your listeners. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. That's the, that was the whole point of all of this. They need, they'll just come over to you. I'll see my, my listenership just drop. Yeah. I'm and like, where you, are they? I'll be doing Kelechi as my guest in residence. <laughs> releasing your episodes on a monday i'll be like oh wow okay no it's um i'm just glad that you're here and we just enjoy it as long as um trump trump boris allows us to visit other people's houses yep but even then i've got a whole podcasting board so we can do whatever the hell we like really so yeah that's it for this week's episode i will go and enjoy my lovely cupcakes now well my cupcake because we know i'm not going to eat more than one of it and my spirits have really been lifted um 
this just by recording this today. So yeah. thank you for being here and thank you for taking me to Chinatown. Anytime. Anytime. Oh wow. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I just remembered that Bill Shah. So maybe once once Sometimes. a decade. <laughs> once a decade. Once a decade, we can definitely make it a thing. Oh no! On your fortieth, actually. On my fortieth, bop, bop, bop. God bless and keep me till then, and keep Amen. us all till then. Um, but yeah, I've been Kalechi Yokofor, and I'm Sidi, and this has been S Y M, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. Suck your mother. That's right. So you can follow me on at Kalechi or at Say Your Mind Pod. And Sadiq OJN. Yeah, and you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor, where I do um, weekly pick a pile readings and I send you private YouTube links for you to watch on Patreon. And I do, if you're in a £25 tier, I do um, monthly, you send me a question and I send you a reading a personal reading one-to-one reading about that question that you sent you get one question a month and i'm truly enjoying doing that especially since i found a, a more quick um time effective way of doing it because i record it on my phone now rather than coming to sit at the podcasting desk so it's all going smoothly and i'm so touched by how moved you all are by the readings that i send you and that's pretty much it. Like I said, go and check out Time, the documentary starring Fox and Rob Rich, directed by Garrett Bradley. Thank you to We Are Wild for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to Lost Stock for sponsoring this episode. All of you look after yourselves. Keep yourselves cute. Keep yourselves moisturized. Keep your soul spiritually seasoned. Buhari, you can go and find a straw to suck your mother. Peace. Hey. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are gonna sip it, yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind